On this episode in our CrowdCrate Insight series, I'm joined by Beryl Lee, one of the founders of Yield Guild Games. She was also the founding CEO of an asset token platform called Capchain X and a founding team member at Coins.ph, a crypto exchange and blockchain payment startup in Asia, recently acquired by Gojek. She graduated from Cambridge University, where she sat as the president of the Cambridge University Cryptocurrency Society. Yield Guild Games has been making headlines around the world. So unless you've been living under an NFT rock, pun intended, you have heard of this project. In July 2021, Yield Guild Games launched their IDO on SushiSwap's MISO platform, raising roughly $12.5 million in 31 seconds. They have attracted the world's top gaming and crypto investors, including Bitcraft, IDO, Animoca Brands, Delphi, Blocktower, and Scalar. If you've been following our channel, you'll recognize a project from our previous guest, Miko Matsumura, who shared YGG as one of the most innovative projects today. So I wanted to just kick it off and just share some statistics. It was recently published um, by your team on a Medium article. And I just wanted to share some, just to give our listeners some contact. So we'll, we'll get into what Yield Guild Games is, but just some, some big numbers to know is in July, the number of YGG scholars, and we'll dive into what a scholar is, has doubled just in July. Uh, these scholars can range from, they're in Philippines, Indonesia, India, Venezuela, Peru, and Brazil. In that same month, $3.25 million was generated by these scholars in direct revenue. So that's a big number, uh, massive user growth. So tell us, Beryl, tell us what is Yield Guild Games and what are these YGG scholars and why that's so important? Yes, so uh, Yield Guild Games or YGG is a decentralized autonomous organization, and uh, our objective is to uh, in to be invested in uh, in play to earn games. So, as an example, um, we actually acquire uh, Metaverse Land and um, Axies. Uh, so these are uh, really cute pets to be able to enter in um, a game like an arena uh, for Axie Infinity. And um, yeah, so we've been investing in a number of these games um, and we start like breeding them and we lend our assets out to, uh, to our community of players. So just to give a recap here. So in order to play some of these games like Axie Infinity, you have to, you have to have one of these NFT characters, which you're talking about, these furry cute characters, correct? That's correct, yes. Uh, you would have to purchase them in the open market uh, and um, a team of axes that would be three uh, digital pets uh, would most likely cost you a floor with a floor price of $1,500 right now. So that's hard for a lot of people to obtain. And that's where the beauty and the concept YGG Scholars comes in. So tell us about what, what is that? What's a YGG Scholar? Right. So this originated uh, in the Philippines um, in a place called Cabanatuan City. So this is outskirts of Manila. So it really evolved when um, a number, so during the lockdown period, exactly last year, uh, you know, a lot of Filipinos who are factory workers, maybe taxi drivers, and, um, you know, uh, those that uh, have like really physical jobs um, out, outdoors, uh, they could not work and they could not earn a living. And um, they don't even have much savings. And so they really need to find a way to earn a living, right? Um, to be able to put food on the table and feed their families. 
And so this game uh, became really popular and it really exponentially grew uh, within the city and then the rest of the Philippines uh, because they've learned that when they enter a game they play, uh, they could actually earn in-game rewards. Uh, so for Axie Infinity, it is in the form of smooth love potions. Um, these are, uh, you know, crypto rewards, which could be converted to Philippine pesos um, with a local exchange. And yeah, they use these Philippine pesos to uh, be able to uh, buy, you know, like food and feed their families. So interesting. And I know the whole concept was covered recently by a... Um... There was an op-ed, I believe, through uh, Vox. I believe that there was a video kind of covering the story of, of how people were making. And it, it couldn't have been at a better time, actually, because people were losing jobs. And this was a perfect opportunity. Um, so thank you for that. And actually, there are a lot of people that thank uh, the YGG team. I know Miko Matsumura was telling me about this uh, Salama uh, Axes and acting. yeah, it's so interesting because the concept is just so well, so well received, and your YGG scholar really lets them uh, tap into this new income. So, you know, uh, that's a little background about YGG and uh, what you're doing. So, I do want to talk about the headline. Um, so, it was all over CoinDesk, it was all over the crypto world, but you're you raised 12.5 million in just. 31 seconds, you attracted some of the top investors, um, you know, into YGG. Wanted to talk about a little bit about that and some of the investors that you were able to bring in. Oh, that's right. Yes. Uh, so previously, before our public sale, uh, we've actually raised um, a, a few like private rounds um, from, you know, uh, from leading uh, crypto uh, VCs. And uh, our first fundraising round was sometime in November of 2020. That's when we've closed um, $1.3 million, right? And at that time, we thought that $1 million was um, a huge amount. And um, we just really want to get started. And um, our lead investor at that time, Delphi Digital, uh, they really believed in us, right? And um, this was very, very new at that time. Uh, we also knew that uh, not a lot of you know, like traditional investors or uh, or fintech investors would really understand uh, what we're trying to do, like um, yield farming uh, with gaming and then just lending that lending out you know NFT assets uh, so uh, to 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 earn rewards, right? So it wasn't really it did not really stick to a number of uh, traditional investors, but here came. Uh, here comes like uh, Block Tower, Scalar, um, you know, Gumi, like uh, Mika Matsumura that you've mentioned. Um, they've been supporting us like uh, from the beginning and Delphi really helped us, uh, you know, like design our tokenomics uh, with us um, in the team. And uh, yeah, so it really started from there. And then we were really surprised. Uh, there was more interest uh, within YGD with what we're doing. Um, and then, yeah, so we had, um, uh, subsequent uh, private rounds up to a point that we're like, we really need to um, just open this up to, um, uh, you know, um, the public uh, to, for more opportunities, right? Like to, to allow others to participate as well as this is a DAO. Uh, so yeah, so that's what happened. Uh, we did the sale on Miso, on Sushi. And uh, yeah, uh, we were really surprised because um, we actually pegged the price at 50 cents. 
because uh, we did not like any spikes and we did not like other people to, um, you know, to, you know, like um, if there's just like demand, sometimes like prices during an initial sale just really, really spikes, right? So mm -hmm. we were afraid it would go to a dollar or like $2. So we did not really expect, right? We just thought, you know, let's just cap it to like 50 cents. So we made that decision. And uh, yeah, we were really surprised that within 30 seconds, uh, it was just like all purchased. And um, uh, when it was trading, uh, you know, after a few hours in like Sushi and Uniswap, yeah, the, it was actually trading at almost $2, right? Um, incredible. It was yeah. incredible. And I know 31 seconds is a very short amount of time. So I wanted to kind of pick that apart just a little bit. So I know you also attracted uh, investors like Bitcraft, you know, With a, mm. uh, a big, uh, and also... Uh, Animoca brands, uh, Parafy, these are these are well known um, in the space. How did you bring them on on at an earlier stage? So it's mostly through introductions, right? So thanks so much to uh, you know Scalar, uh, to Delphi. Uh, so they've started introducing us, and um, uh, you know Gabby has really been in gaming for a really long time, and uh, has you know we've been yield farming uh, from the beginning. And uh, yeah, so we've uh, met a number of people and, uh, you know, in, in the space, really believe in the space. And uh, those are actually the, the, the firms that have backed us uh, from the beginning. So through introductions, mostly. Yeah, I actually learned about YGG through Miko, Miko, Miko. Matsumura from Gumi Ventures. Yeah. But I do have to uh, give a nod to Gabby because uh, Gabby's... Um, a really passionate individual in the gaming space and sometimes i talk to him and he's like hey i'm i'm just in the metaverse i, I love it here <laughs> so 18 years in the making you know like wow. uh he has 18 years of uh gaming development right experience like he started as a programmer uh his, to build like uh games his 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 story is, is fascinating he's really the success both of you have a uh, well-deserved and a long time coming uh, so onto that 12.5. So that was actually from, you know, not only people wanted to get in so quickly, but that really comes from the community um, that you built uh, at YGG. How did you build such a large community so quickly? Well, first of all, I think there's high demand in terms of uh, being able to borrow assets to be able to earn. So the number one concern right now during the pandemic is how do I make money? Because, um, you know, everything's on lockdown and people could not go out and, you know, um, earn money. And so play to earn and Axie Infinity became um, a beacon of hope for a number of Filipinos and emerging economies. Like um, we're also in Indonesia, uh, Brazil, you know, Latin America, you know, those other countries and um, Venezuela, for example. So it's becoming really popular in, uh, in you know, emerging um, economies where the minimum, you know, the minimum wage is really like um, lower, right? And um, they've just learned that if they play these games, uh, they could actually earn from $500 uh, to $1,000, which is a few times their uh, current wage right now. So for them, of course, it's no brainer, right? Why would I expose myself to COVID um, when I can just be at home uh, with my mobile phone 
and um, uh, just play games that would actually earn me much, much more than my 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 physical job. You know <laughs> that uh, yeah. Sometimes these guys actually like work more than eight hours. These are like twelve-hour jobs, right? Um, making shifts um, as well, and um, they still earn so much less than uh, what they earn from these rewards. I think that's a fascinating co uh, concept and. Uh, I think it, it's it's difficult for for us. I'm I'm in the United States, and it's harder mm -hmm. for them to uh, you know understand because you know the 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 value and the cost of living here is is much higher. But in mm -hmm. countries where it makes sense, the whole and I know you wrote an article on CoinDesk about you know kind of the concept. But this play to earn model in these economies is is extremely empowering. I totally agree. Yes. Uh, so the play to earn model, or um, in some countries, they call it game fi. Uh, so it's a kind of a new term uh, that's been coined. But yeah, so play to earn game fi, it, uh, I think what's really important here is it allows people to make a living and earn money. And um, because they've actually earned in game rewards uh, for themselves, they actually have that, uh, you know, they, they could spend it um, any way that they want. Uh, they could actually, uh, you know, they could actually use those uh, earnings to actually buy their own assets eventually, like graduate from the scholarship program, because uh, we lend the assets, right? And um, when we lend them the assets, uh, you know, what happens is 70% actually goes back to the player. And then because we actually own the assets and we breed them, um, so the protocol actually um, gets 10%. And then their manager who helps um, onboard them and train them and helps, you know, they actually kind of like their trainer. They teach them how the game actually works. Um, how do, how should they cash out their rewards to uh, Philippine pesos, for example, or their local uh, fiat currency. Um, so, you know, they get 20%. Um, so over time when they end up like really earning um, this funds, they get to pay back their debt, uh, you know, and like debt in emerging markets is really like cyclical. Like um, it's, after I get a loan uh, and then I pay back, I get another loan, right? So um, uh, it's like a never ending loop of debt, right? And now with play to earn, they earn much more than their wage. So they're able to just like pay back um, their entire loan. And second, uh, if they actually have um, enough funds, their mindset really changes. So now they could actually decide, should I buy my own home? You know, like uh, what we're seeing right now, Yeah, uh, buying homes, um, sometimes they want to give back to the community. And I'm really surprised that uh, they set up like these uh, charities and give like free rice or free, um, we call it Lugao. Like, um, I'm not so sure how you call it. Uh, it's, uh, uh, do you know like um, in Chinese and you actually have um, rice inside? Uh, Is it like a por like a porridge? Porridge, yes, exactly. So it's like porridge and um, I'll be, I'm, I'm really surprised seeing that. Um, there's communities like giving out like porridge to the community, wow. uh, which is uh, which makes me happy, right? Like uh, which makes um everybody uh, supporting uh, the community like happy that, you know, they that's a way of like paying back uh, with their success. Third is they end up buying, uh, they eventually start buying their NFTs, right? So instead mm -hmm. of um, renting out, they can afford buying their own assets, right? So in short, they've graduated from the scholarship and um, able to buy um, NFTs and they end up breeding and they become <clears throat> a manager, right? Uh, so first they have to borrow assets. So it's like going up the ladder, 
they borrow assets, uh, they earn money from this uh, from these funds. They're able now to buy their own assets, so now they save more um, from that thirty percent, right? The twenty percent for the management, ten percent for YGG, and then um, uh, the more that they compound their um, earnings, uh, they actually end up breeding even more, and then now they set up their own scholarship. Uh, to be able to lend out to other players, right? So that's the reason why it's like really growing as well, uh, you know, in scale, uh, in terms of, uh, you know, uh, players with Axie. I can see that. It's like a self-serving, and I know it's not just Axie, so there's going to be a lot of other kind of similar structures, but in that scenario you're describing, that is those vocabularies, and that's Axie Infinity. Mm -hmm. So kind of I kind of walk me, you walk me through kind of like the beginning. So they come on as a scholar and then so they can get access to these platforms where they can make money and then eventually they grow and who knows, they might be even purchase their own NFT. And I, I can kind of see that growth trajectory for a person, but like as an industry, I guess this whole play to earn gaming model, like it, where do you see the next generation or the evolution of that? Like, where do you see it? Do you see it progressing beyond that? Do you, what do you see? So, yes, so uh, Axie Infinity has been a great success. Uh, it's the first blockchain company um, that has a play to earn um, economy uh, that has really great gained a lot of traction. So it kind of like proved that gaming is here. Uh, gaming is now. GameFi. Um, <laughs> yeah, GameFi. And uh, play to earn really works. There's a lot of demand for uh, play to earn uh, games, right? Not only for Axie Infinity. So now we're seeing a rise of um, a number of um, other projects that may follow suit uh, to like Axie Infinity success. Uh, so like at YGG, we've already started investing in um, what we believe uh, would follow suit. So this would be in the likes of uh, Zed Run, um, Ember Sword, um, you know, uh, we have invested in um, F1 Delta, uh, Sandbox, right, um, Nifty Island. Uh, yeah, so, you know, we invest in uh, very early on, acquire some of the metaverse assets and um, NFTs, and then we're already starting to look at how to breathe, what to build, you know, and um, yeah, and we'd like to offer this opportunity to our community. So the concept of the sub DAOs are coming in where, uh, so let me explain what a sub DAO is. Uh, so, for example, the first MVP that we've done is with League of Kingdoms. Uh, we actually have an 86 like parcels of land on um, League of Kingdoms. And then that land we've even tokenized further. And a portion of that is actually owned by um, YGG, whereas another portion of uh, that tokenized um, land is a uh, you know, uh, is offered to community members that are building on top of um, League of Kingdoms. So there's real productivity because the value of these, um, the this original parcel of land actually goes up um, depending on uh, the productivity that's happening within um, that land, right? And so we want upside to the community members that are actually, you know, playing uh, by building on top of that metaverse land. And we'd like to replicate that in um, most of the games that we have, uh, and we're calling it sub DAOs, right? So YGG becomes an index of um, all these gaming uh, activities uh, within YGG. So whether it's LOK, whether it's Axie Infinity, whether it's you know Sandbox and Rev, right? Uh, F1 Delta, and so on and so forth. 
So that's Which is like, even yeah. more fascinating because it's not just one game or one mm. token. It's like you're also investing into, it's almost a reinvesting into this metaverse lands and then the community gets to partake in it. So it's, <laughs> it's uh, really fascinating, Mona. That's what you know, I was so interested in. And it's progressed uh, ever since you, you started. I remember like, you know, this whole metaverse movement, it, it started off and now today we see it has grown so much more and so much mm -hmm. deeper. And yeah, it's, it's amazing where this industry has come. So, yeah, so that kind of, we touched upon a lot of topics. I do also want to ask, you know, from a general industry, how do people invest and be part of this whole play to earn model? play to earn gaming and not just in YGG, but like all, all together, like how do people get more involved and invest into those areas? So one is uh, like a YGG, we have done our sale so that we could um, extend uh, our tokens, right? Uh, we call it like an index token of all our activities uh, to anyone, right? So now um, anyone can actually uh, participate in governance. Um, they could be a member of this community Right, and um, they can vote. They can pass proposals um, and be part of this uh, growing uh, community. Um, a second one that we're doing right now is um, there's definitely a flow of value. So, of course, we've actually invest. Uh, we've actually raised a private round from a number of these uh, of our investors, and um, the the value is accrued in um, you know there. It's accrued to the NFT. It 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 goes to the NFT assets, which we're lending it out to the community of players, right? So um, we buy these assets because of that investment that we've raised from this private sale, private sale. And um, uh, that actually flows to the community because uh, they benefit by just borrowing these assets, right? Um, so yeah, so they can participate by just borrowing assets and play, right? Um, if they have, uh, if they wanna make use of, of their time, but they don't have their resources, then this is another angle for them to actually come in. They don't need to invest money and resources, but uh, sorry, monetary resources, but they could actually come in uh, with uh, their, their time as a resource, right? Oh, so that's another angle. And then the third one is um, we've really designed our tokenomics um, in a way that 45% of all tokens um, is actually for the community, right? So um, some of it will be um, airdropping to the early participants at YGG, uh, you know, like uh, managers, um, those who are um, our players uh, who have been with us uh, playing with our NFT assets. Uh, so yeah, so I think our priority is really our main users, right? The main users of uh, the DAO and uh, yeah, and um, the one really producing uh, more like a productivity. Uh, so yeah, 45% of those tokens would go to them. And the value of those tokens, um, again, um, have been accrued because of our private um, investments, right? Uh, because um, it, it just flows uh, to the tokens that are airdropped to them. That's amazing. So it's not only, it's a tremendous opportunity, but also for the people that are playing it and, and being part of the whole ecosystem you're returning almost like saying thank you back to the community by giving them a part of it. That's right. It's, yeah. it's beautiful. It's, <laughs> I'm so fascinated. And Vero, I know, I know this is, um, thank you for sharing this time with us and kind of going over 
the insights, you know, to how to get investors to even growing that community. In a few months, we might all be living in that metaverse.